Welcome to Along the Way. I'm John Matarazzo, your host and fellow traveler. Thank you for joining me along my way as I try to become more like Jesus every day. The goal of Along the Way is to identify the moments in life that Jesus really is walking with us and trying to get our attention. But just like the disciples along the way to Emmaus, we are missing those moments that our hearts are burning within us. I want us to identify these moments, learn from others, and apply those lessons to our lives so that we don't miss the blessings God has for us along the way in our life's journey. Since I started working at Charisma Media, I've had the opportunity to do podcast interviews that I wouldn't normally consider an along-the-way episode because I was doing the interview for Charisma News or some other format. And I've also been interviewed on other people's podcasts, too. Those have been great opportunities as well as interesting conversations, and I want to make sure that I share them with you as well. For this particular episode, I had the privilege and honor to be a guest host on my mentor, Dr. Steve Green's Green Lines podcast. I had the privilege to talk with Dee Barnes and hear her story of walking out of same-sex attraction over 30 years ago and how it led her on a mission to bring hope and healing to others who are struggling. We recorded this in September of 2021 while she was promoting an event called Amazing Love, where many gathered to proclaim their true identity in Christ. Follow Dee Barnes and her ministry, His Wonderful Works, at hiswonderfulworks.com. I'll make sure to put that info in the show notes. I'll get to our conversation in just a moment, but I want to thank you for listening to Along the Way. All of my episodes and social links are available at my website alongtheway.media. You can also join my email list to get updates right in your inbox. All the links from this episode will be in the show notes. And now, here's my conversation with Dee Barnes. Welcome to the Green Lines Podcast. I know what you might be thinking, but this is not Dr. Green. I'm John Matarazzo, and I'm part of the Charisma Podcast Network. Dr. Green wanted to share this special interview that I had with Dee Barnes for the Green Lines audience. This is a powerful and timely message, and we don't want you to miss out on this amazing testimony and powerful opportunity for you to find freedom in your life, too. Galatians 5.1 says that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Our guest today says that when you're in bondage, you don't realize that you are bound until you are set free. And Jesus has commissioned us to bring freedom to the captives. And that's what Dee Barnes is all about. She lives in Conyers, Georgia, with her husband of 26 years. Together, they have raised three kids that are all college-aged. And that fact is just an amazing part of her testimony, that she's even been able to get to that place where she has a family and has kids. Dee is the founder of His Wonderful Works Incorporated, and we're going to be talking about that in a little bit about how she is bringing freedom to captives. But a little interesting bit about her hobbies, she loves mountain bike racing, she's a coffee connoisseur, and she's pretty handy with a shotgun, so we don't want to be messing with Dee Barnes. Dee, welcome to the Green Lines Podcast. Thank you, John. I'm just super excited to be with you today. Thanks for this opportunity. So, yeah, tell me about some of these hobbies first. I mean, it's a mountain bike racing and coffee connoisseur and being handy with a shotgun. How do you get into that? Yeah, I, I love mountain biking. My husband got into it and, and taught me to ride, and we ride a lot together. It was just something we could do together, which uh, just turned out great. And we, we train for three-hour, six-hour mountain bike races. Sometimes we ride them together 
uh, wow. as, as uh, couples riding, sometimes individually. But I just love getting in the mountains and riding my bike. And I've always been into sports, so it was just something that, that we could do together. And it's just one of my favorite things to do, really, That's besides good. drink coffee. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about this whole shotgun habit that you have. Well, I was raised uh, on a, um, a uh, shooting sport club, and my grandfather had a gun club, and we still own a sporting gun club called South River Gun Club in Covington, Georgia, and it's pistol, rifle, skeet, and trap. And I've just always shot trap with a shotgun and just enjoy it so much and just, uh, I don't know, it's just a fun thing. So so I, I do carry a shotgun, mostly have a gun with me everywhere, but <laughs> it's it's just a fun thing. So Yeah. So you are definitely exercising your freedoms right now, and it is that— <laughs> think so. You know, Christ has set us free and that we are to bring, we are to help bring liberty to the captives. And so I want to dive into your story because I got to hear a little bit about that. And I am just blown away at what God has done in your life and what he's doing through your life now. Would you just please let our listeners know what your testimony is and how God has brought freedom to your life? I would love to. So um, in my, my testimony starts with just my, as a young girl, being very much a tomboy and not able to connect with girl things growing up. And I never really thought there was anything wrong with that. I had a great home, even though we didn't really know Jesus. But growing up, I was I felt fine. You know, I didn't really feel like there was a disconnect. But I knew now looking back that, um, you know, being a tomboy is not always a a bad thing or anything wrong with that, but mm-hmm. it was indicative of how I felt on the inside. I just couldn't connect with the girl things. And it's funny, one example, when I was about eight years old, um, I was going to be in the brownies until you, I found out you had to wear that little brown skirt for the <laughs> you know, the, the younger age of Girl Scouts. And I would not do that. And nobody knew why. I didn't want to. My mom couldn't understand why, but it was all because of that skirt in my mind. And when I found out you could wear the little brown pants, I was like, okay, I'll be in the brownies. But nobody <laughs> knew what was going on in my little eight-year-old mind. But I just felt so uncomfortable with that. And it was very indicative of my inability to be secure as a girl for a lot of reasons, a lot of inability to connect with the uh, feminine women in my life that would, in God's intent, impart what it means to be girl. God intended our parents to impart to us and our other family members and our peers as we go to school to impart what it means, this solidness in our gender. And when we don't get that, the end result is just a longing for that connection, Mm. which later in my years would would turn into a homosexual connection and attraction. But going through um, my life, I was molested by a neighbor who was probably my father's age, and I always discounted that because... I thought, well, it was slight compared to what a lot of other girls had gone through. But what it did do was really, really put me on a trajectory of sexual immorality that I didn't understand. I would act out sexually with boys later on just to be in control because I was con- you know, not in control in this abuse. And so I didn't know that until my- many years later. But God showed me how I was my, – my promiscuity just got worse. And at age 19, I had an abortion and never really dealt with the emotions of that just went on about life, and it was buried very deep. And later after that, I ended up being in a same-sex relationship and continued in lesbianism for about five years and really thought that I had found what what was going to meet a need in me. I would have bet you, you know, I was born homosexual at that point because it felt so right. And what I was searching for was that longing of, of woman that I didn't have within me in solidness. I didn't know that at the time, right? I just thought it was wonderful. I had met all these people who, who were the same as me, and I just embraced homosexuality. And then I met a girl um, that said, hey, you know homosexuality is wrong. And she was actually in the homosexual lifestyle with me, which is what's so cool. Really? And I said, 
what do you mean it's wrong? She said, it says so in Romans 1. And I was like, what? I've never looked at Romans 1. So I looked it up and I was like, oh my gosh, it does say that. I didn't argue with the scripture and go, oh, it doesn't say this. I read it for what it was. You know, and as soon as you read the scripture for what it's for, it begins to convict. Slight little conviction in me to go, oh, you know, what am I going to do now? Because I always loved God and, and believed in Jesus, but I wasn't really born again. So you had a faith growing up. Oh, I did. We were Presbyterian growing up, and I was taught about Jesus, and, you know, I was, quote, saved at 15. I got baptized, and I know something happened in my heart when I was baptized at 15, but I wasn't born again, which includes the full gospel of repentance. Mm. That didn't happen in me. And so, fast forward, um, you know, I finally looked at my friend who was a lesbian, and I said, why do you feel like this is wrong, and I don't feel like it's wrong? And she said, well, if you haven't ever had a personal relationship with Jesus, and I said, I don't know. And she said, well, if you don't know, then you haven't. And I was like, what is she talking about? She knew God. First person I'd met in the lifestyle that had actually been born again, filled with the Spirit, and knew God. And she was continuing to be in her homosexual struggle because she didn't want to leave, but she knew the truth. And that was my beginning of journey for me, God convicting me. And I surrendered my whole life down the road from that, maybe about six months, and God just picked me up and transformed my entire life. And I um, was never going to go back to homosexuality once, you know, I surrendered everything to God and I was born again. I didn't know how I was going to do it. And that, that was a, probably a five to 10 year walk of getting healing for the past sexual abuse, the promiscuity, the abortion, all the shame. So there was a lot of healing, you know, just because our spirit man gets born again doesn't mean you know, we don't deal with some of the past hurts exactly. and traumas and things. So exactly. anyway, that was my story. Yeah. So I have a question about that because I know you you mentioned that you had friends that were in the homosexual lifestyle. So you had kind of a community with that. Oh, yes, absolutely. So mm-hmm. I know sure part of the problem that a lot of people have with leaving their past behind is the fact that they've found a community there. They've found something that they feel like they belong how difficult was that for you? Yeah, it's not an easy thing to walk away from all your friends. And I called my friends and said, hey, I got born again. I'm no longer going to be gay. And they laughed. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, yeah, right. Okay, we'll wait till you come back because it won't be long, right? And I was a little skeptical. I was like, you know, I don't want to tell anybody because what if this doesn't work, right? What if it's really not going to happen? So I waited probably two months before I started telling everybody. And then, it, you know, I was like, wow, this is actually really working. You know, I really, God's really helping me. And it wasn't that all the attractions were gone. It's just that they didn't have a hold on me like they did. And it was difficult. I had to begin to connect with more other friends, right, and, mm-hmm. and find a different, you know, find a church, and I'd start. God just helps you. You know, when you ask God and fully surrender, He brings what you need. It's not the easiest thing, but you have to trust Him to do it and walk in obedience, and He just comes alongside you. And that's the only way I can explain how He helped me to walk out of the old community. Yeah. Tell me about some of those times where you— had that realization that this used to be something that that bound that bond me or would trigger me, but that's not the case right now. Jesus is really freeing me. Could you tell me about some of those things that maybe you mm-hmm. overcame with that? Yes. So when the temptations would come, you know, you have a choice to act on them, right? The, the sexual attraction is not a choice, right? I mean, you have same-sex attraction. If you have that or transgender feelings, those feelings aren't really a choice. You don't just choose to have them or you in the same way you don't choose to get rid of them. And so when you when you have them, right now our society would say, oh, well, we're gay because we have these feelings. Well, that's not really the truth. That's 
something that we're experiencing. And so when I would experience those thoughts, say homosexual thoughts that would come, I began to learn to renew my mind as Romans 1, I mean, Romans 12, 1 says, mm-hmm. you know, be not conformed to this world, but right. be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I would take what, what I thought was, you know, this thought, and I'd, I would just renounce the thought in the name of Jesus, and then I would find scripture and I would just sing worship songs or something to to not take a hold of that thought because the enemy will plant the thought to see what you're going to do with it. That's a practical way I had to battle. And another practical way was confessing my thoughts or struggles with other, with trusted believers that would pray for me. James 5.16 says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And the healing comes when you can tell somebody about the abortion or about the you know situations mm-hmm. or just the daily struggle of temptation. Or if I'd have attraction to another woman, which happens, right? I mean, I'd be having an attraction as I'm trying to figure out how to have right relationships with women. And God would help me. I would go to my trusted, if you have to pay a counselor. I've been told some people, you just have to pay somebody sometimes to listen to you if you don't have a trusted other for a while. So I would just confess, you know, I have this attraction and help me walk through it. But I would walk in obedience and God would help me through it. And that was just a constant. And then I... um became a part of a Living Waters program, which is out of Desert Stream Ministries. It's such a powerful discipleship program that helps you work through your broken relationships. And that was also part of my healing and seeking counsel. So there was just a lot involved. Something that you might do for any other problem, right? Any other issue we might have um, walking through that. So very similar to most things. Wow. That's incredible. And so I mentioned in the introduction that you have been married for 26 years and have three kids now. Now that, and you're married to a man and have three kids. So Uh how did God bring this man into your life? And and tell me about that with your family. That is truly a miracle. I don't deserve anything God has given me. I had an adulterous relationship that I don't think I mentioned earlier. You know, I had all these things. I had killed my own child through abortion. Why would God give me anything else, right? It would be enough for him to just save me and say, okay, you're saved, but you don't get to do this or that because of what you've done. And praise God, his word says, he doesn't repay us as our sins deserve, which is so great. So anyway, through that, I wanted to get married. I always, as a young girl, wanted to have a family, but I had thought, well, I won't have that because of the life I've chosen. And God gave me that desire in my heart. And I remember wanting to get married later on through the healing process. But finally, I had to just surrender to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I don't want to get married. I do, but I'm surrendering all that. I'm just going to pursue you and trust you. And when I did that, he began to bring a man into my life who actually went to high school with me, which was kind of crazy, and just had this relationship with him that I wasn't even attracted to him at all, which was the coolest thing. Like for the first year, we were just friends, and I wanted to be, but I didn't have this attraction to him. And I remember Dr. Dobson saying one time on the radio, don't marry somebody you can live with, marry somebody you can't live without. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, I can live without him, so I guess this isn't the person. And we kept being friends and pursuing the Lord together. And then one day, all of a sudden, my heart began to change. And I was mm-hmm. like, what in the world is God doing? There was this attraction, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm in love with this man, and I don't think I could live without him. And that just began, I told him my whole story. I thought, okay, he's going to leave. <laughs> you know, he's going to leave when I tell him my story, and he didn't leave. So I was like, wow, okay. And I think that's important to be honest with all your past, you know, to someone you're going to marry. And exactly, God yeah. had this plan designed. And, and then he gave us children, which just is amazing. My two sons are 21, and just a miracle that God would give me, grant me family. That is amazing. That is amazing. So what are some of the struggles that, that you've helped your kids overcome that, that you've been able to take your experience and help them? 
Wow, and that's that's a good question, too, because, you know, as I started developing ministry, so God called us into full-time ministry in um, 2008 or Mm 9, and I knew that I had to tell my children because I didn't want them to hear it from somebody else, that, hey, your mom used to be gay, you know, this terrible thing that they might hear. And my oldest son was about 13, so I had to tell them age appropriately, 13, 9, and maybe 8. And so I sat them down, and I remember telling my 13-year-old, as much as I could tell him, um, as my son. And he looked at me and he said, wow, mom, no wonder you're a Jesus freak. Mm. And it was so cool because he was like, no wonder you so love God so much after this. And it helped them realize that they did not have to be perfect, that God can restore brokenness and that they didn't have this image of mom having never done anything. Um, I think it really helped open our conversation and them confess to me when they had struggles. And I would pray with them. I taught them to, to confess also and just to be able to talk through struggles. So, those were some good examples, you know, just of yeah, being really. able to be honest and transparent with my children about sexuality. We talked about it a lot in the home because of the ministry itself. And mm-hmm. my kids would come home from middle school and say, Mom, nobody talks about the things that we talk about. You need to come to our school and talk about this because they don't understand. And it was so funny because they had just heard conversation that was healthy and good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me about this ministry because you said that was the impetus for you to really tell your kids so that they didn't they didn't hear things secondhand or thirdhand whatever but right. tell me about his wonderful works how that got started and just your passion to help others so out of my own healing and the process of years of walking through and getting healing it was my heart's desire to help the church understand what was behind issues like same sex attraction and transgender because the church was either on one side or the other either beating people over the head with the bible saying you're going to hell if you don't stop sinning you know or God loves everybody, let's just not say anything. And I knew there was a balance of grace and truth in the midst of it, that God did not create me homosexual, but he also has a way for me out. He doesn't want to leave me there. So I wanted the church to understand people struggling and just general Christians that behind same-sex attraction is a lot of root issues. And if we can understand that, we can have compassion on the one who struggles, but we can also tell them the truth of the scripture. Because if somebody had not told me the truth, And they would have said, D, you know, you can just be homosexual, love Jesus, God loves everybody, no problem, no sexual sin there. They would have robbed me from the destiny God had for Mm -hmm. me, which was my husband and my children, because they would have thought they were being nice to me, right? And so I wanted to strengthen the church in that way, and that was the beginning of just creating, um, God helping me create a ministry to bring hope, healing, and freedom in Christ to the areas of family, relationships, and sexuality, because it's not just homosexuality, it's heterosexual struggles sexual addiction, pornography addiction, all that the kids, and that was way before the culture, you know, in our society now has inundated with, you know, um, internet and social media that says, hey, we have this trans movement going on and all these things that are just exploding like never before. And the church really needs to be strong in understanding how to respond to these types of things. So are you telling me that by people being nice and trying to be nice and not actually telling people the truth of the gospel the truth of what the Word of God says, that that is actually robbing people of their freedom. Yes, the destiny and freedom. You know, the definition of freedom really is that we can, the ability of, by God to live according to how He's designed us in His Word. That's freedom. When the Word says, hey, you should not act out homosexual, well, freedom is for me to be able to live and not do that, right, when I have that attraction. That's real freedom. And they're robbing me from that freedom if you tell me to go ahead and embrace that sin, any sin, right? It's, it's interesting that the church now is the only sexual sin that they're saying is not a sin. It's homosexuality and transgender changing our bodies. They admit adultery is sin. 
porn sin, you know, all these things, but for some reason homosexuality is this chosen piece that is not sin because we believe the lie and the deception that says we were born that way. Yeah. Wow. So let's talk about the, the culture today and just the increased number of children that identify as LGBTQ and other just other identities. Can you just tell me, because of the fact that you've come out of that, I know that you have a better understanding of the spiritual realm of, and that the strategy of the enemy with that. Could you please give us some yes. insight as to what you're seeing happening in our world today? I would love to. So, you know, 10 years ago, people that struggle with same-sex attraction or trans, or maybe not struggle, but had those, they were real, genuine root issues for those people struggling. And society now has pushed this trans um, agenda, really, I feel that's what it's called, you know, and, and we've called it, there's a name for it, rapid onset gender dysphoria, hmm. especially in young girls. And it's gone up 4,000%. Wow. I mean, for something that was like 0.02% of the population now has 4,000% increase in middle school girls um, identifying as trans. It's It's almost like this obsession and this the reason you can tell it's because of, um, you know, propaganda or just media is that it's rapid onset. Mm. All of a sudden, a young girl is totally fine in a girl's body, and next thing you know, she wants trans surgery. It's like, how does that happen, right? Genuine trans struggles do not happen overnight. Hmm. They're not something that, you know, a young girl just decides, and because of this contagion in the in society, vulnerable teens are just choosing things. And, you know, there's a list of 20 genders that are just made up by feelings. And it is a really, really bad um, issue going on in schools. The schools are, I, I guess I, I attribute it to the government laws, the schools, the, you know, the school boards that are allowing this this gender in reinforcement, basically, you know, telling children that, you know, a child needs a permission slip to go on a field trip, yet they don't need a permission slip in school to say that they're going to change their name and their pronouns. Wow. They can, in certain schools, they don't even have to tell their parents, which is absolute, you know, just sadness about that. Um <clears throat> And nobody's teaching them. And, and even doctors are saying, oh, yes, parents, your child will commit suicide if you don't let them transition. That's a total lie also because the the history about transition is, you know, in year five, between years five and ten, the suicide rate is double hmm. what it was before. Because you can't, by cut, changing the outside appearance, you can't deal with a heart issue. And the issue with identity and who we are as a young girl or boy is, is a heart issue, not a physical issue on the outside. Yeah. Those heart issues deal with the identity you know, our, our identity in Christ is so important. Could you talk a little bit about our identity in Christ and how that has, as you've accepted that in your life and other people that you know that have shared their testimonies with his wonderful works, can you just tell me about the importance of our identity in Christ and being grounded in that? Yes, it's, it's, it's everything, right? It's who we are in Christ. And this issue of sexuality has become an identity, right? And it, even the you know, just this gender dysphoria and rapid onset for teens, you can see it like, look at the, all teenagers are looking for identity, right? And now you have a young teenager looking for identity and they see this trans movement. It's like, oh, maybe this is who I am. They're looking for identity and longing for it. And in our brokenness as adults, we're still longing for identity. And which is why you see it in the word gay Christian. Mm -hmm. The identity of gay is before Christian, which exactly. is, is idolatry, is idolatry. You don't go around saying, I'm an alcoholic Christian, or I'm a, you know adulterous Christian. You know, it's, there you're putting this identity before Christ, and when we're truly identified in Christ, He becomes who we are. And that only comes from being born again. The solution to all of that is being truly born again, which the Scripture says. And it really is through repentance. You can't just join the church. That's why 
stupid religion and trying to white-knuckle it and do right is never going to work, no matter what our issues are. We all must be born again, and when we do that, our identity becomes in Christ, and you don't have to try to work it up. It just happens, right? When we surrender our full life in repentance and um, just baptism and receiving the Holy Spirit, there's this life that comes in us in our identity. My favorite scripture is just, as we behold His face, we are changed from glory to glory, and that's what happened in my life. The more I pressed into Him, I was changed more and more, and pretty soon I look back, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I hardly have any same-sex attraction. That is amazing, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not focused on it. I'm focused on Jesus, and the attractions or whatever our brokenness is falls away over time because we become more and more like Him. That's so good. That's so good. I love how you said we're, you know, going from glory to glory. We're being changed in, into that glorious state. Can you tell me about a testimony that His Wonderful Works has done, your ministry? What exactly do you do, and what are some testimonies from that? Okay, so we will speak in churches anywhere or anywhere, churches, ministry, schools. We've spoken at plenty of you know schools to help people understand the root issues behind our broken sexuality. We offer um, lay counseling, and we also primarily help people get plugged into where they need to be. If they need long-term counseling, if they want a discipleship program, we're connected to the networks all across the country. So whatever state you're in, whatever, you know, if you're in Alabama or if you're in Massachusetts or whatever, have ministries in all of the states connected, not under our realm, but in the networks across the country. So um, that's how we help folks, you know, get through where they need to be, point them in the right direction. We aren't full-time counselors, mm. but we speak and teach and, and help people understand what issues there are. Um, and we also have a parent and family group that meets um, in, in Atlanta to help navigate through this when their children are struggling. You know, we pray with, pray with them and help them understand how to respond to their children in this culture and help encourage them to continue to pray for their children, because God will seek you out, and we somebody has got to be praying for, you know, for the children to Amen. understand the truth. So that's what we do. Amen. And you have an amazing event coming up, or actually the Amazing Love event. Could you tell me about that, and wh- how people can get involved with that if they're interested? Yes, we are so excited. This is our fourth Amazing Love event. We hold it every two years, and uh, it's coming up on September 11th, just under two weeks away in Atlanta. And it's an event of all-day worship. It's from 9 a.m. to 6, and we do just worship and testimony all day long. There's testimonies from all across the country coming, um, over 30 testimonies, and most testimonies are like eight minutes long, so it's eight minutes, eight minutes. And we have sessions where general sessions to equip the church and Um, just this event is for all Christians to hear the truth. Most people don't know one person that's been transformed out of homosexuality or transgender or a sexual addiction, but we bring 30 and 40 from across the country all saying God transformed our lives. And to to listen to a transgender, ex-transgender say, you know, I thought I was in the wrong body. I went through transition and God showed me he had originally created me in my original gender, and I've come back to that in Jesus. is fascinating. Wow. I mean, just God can do anything. Jesus saves to the uttermost, and that's what this this conference is about. And it's just all day, just a wonderful, wonderful time. And, you know, I would um, encourage all Christians to, to make the trip to come here. It's um, at the Ethiopian Evangelical Church in Atlanta, and just a wonderful day. And of equipping, and church leaders will come, youth groups come and it's just it's really really good to hear the truth and evidence to back it up and what is the website for this event how do people see online it's hiswonderfulworks.com okay and you can go to the events tab and find amazing love event to register i encourage you to register it's um 35 to register includes your lunch and all day and you know we also have 
um, lots and lots of resources will be here. Mm-hmm. Ministries from all across the country will have their resources at the event so that people can find discipleship programs and other ways to get hope and healing and um, things for their family members in different states. And um, it's, it's really exciting that everybody comes together. This is a, a one-of-a-kind national event that doesn't happen anywhere. Um, and it, we have it here in Atlanta, so we're excited. That's wonderful. And the, so you said this is the fourth one that you've done, and you've done it every two yes. years. How has it been received in the last couple of years? Um, it's been it's been great, really. It, it's interesting. Um, some churches are a little scared to host it because of the negative publicity that comes from right, right. you know society and the different things. But it's been so well received. I mean, just people's lives are changed by being in that atmosphere of testimony. You know, when the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, and when that goes forth in the atmosphere. People's lives are just changed by hearing it, whether they're even struggling with that issue or something else. Everybody struggles with something, right? And the Holy Spirit just moves upon people's lives, and this atmosphere of freedom is for so many people, even those who, you know, all Christians are called to respond to this issue. That's why I say it's for every Christian. You're going, if you're a Christian today, you're going to experience somebody struggling with same-sex attraction or transgender, whether they're in your family, your mm-hmm. neighbor, your church, and, and God's saying, how are you going to respond to that in love and truth and compassion? And that's what is just so powerful. And sometimes it's just the anointing of the Holy Spirit that helps you because there's, it's, apart from that, it's hard to really respond properly and understand. So um, the church has been very open to it um, because I think even now we're really seeing a need in this society culture to understand what are we going to do with that. The church is really split on the issue of um, same-sex attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you are providing resources, you are providing help, just like that friend of yours did with you, that she helped you realize that you were in bondage. And you didn't realize that until you were set free, but once you identified it, you were able to start making that change. You know, there's a lot of people that are struggling with this or have a loved one that's struggling with this. I don't want to miss this opportunity. I'm going to ask you to pray for those situations, whether it be a a family member or a loved one that uh, the person that's listening is praying for and believing that God's going to do something in their life, or if it's that person themselves that's struggling with it and they feel like they're alone and they can't even talk about this, would you just release a prayer and maybe a prophetic word about that for those circumstances? I would be honored to do that. Thank you so much for the opportunity to do it. Father God, I thank you for your mercy and your goodness. I thank you, Jesus, that you came to restore us to our Creator and to that you created us as male and female. You created us with godly um, godly desire, and Lord, it, the enemy has caused it to be mis, misrepresented and caused us to walk in struggle. And Lord, we all have our own brokenness. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would not only show us our own brokenness, but you would empower us to love others and to help them. And God, I pray for every parent and family members struggling with a family member and not knowing how to approach them. And it can get really, really hard because society brings so much backlash. God, I pray for your supernatural grace upon every parent and every sibling and every family member to respond in love and compassion, but also not waver on the truth. Lord, would you grant wisdom to every parent that needs to pray for their children and understand? Would you grant endurance to them by the power of your Spirit to pray without ceasing over their child, even when they don't see the change? Lord, I thank you that someone prayed for me. I remember the Lord, Lord, as you showed me, I want to just show this picture to others. The Lord showed me after I got born again, a vision in my spirit of myself walking from the gay bar to my car. 
And it was a real thing that happened. And God said, even then I was calling after you when you had no regard for me in this darkness of the city, walking to your car, I was after you. So Lord, I thank you that same vision for every child that is lost and not seeing the truth. Everyone is deceived from this agenda of transgender and homosexuality. God, I pray that you would open their eyes by the power of your spirit and that you would encourage every person praying for them. And Father, for those who struggle in their own inner being and thinking, I can't ever be that. I can't have these feelings changed. Lord, you change them. I thank you that you encourage them, that there is hope and that there is freedom in Christ. And Lord, you would cause them to be able to surrender all to you and that you would walk alongside it. He calls us to walk in obedience. Lord, help us to walk in obedience till such time as you bring us to complete healing. And I pray that everyone hearing would be born again, Lord, that they would realize that born again consists of repentance and total surrender to you, Lord. And by your grace, you even cause us to repent. So I pray for your supernatural grace over every hearer to surrender fully to you and to receive your Holy Spirit and to walk in the goodness of you, Lord. I thank you that it's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So, Lord, thank you for giving us the kingdom of God that is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we love you and thank you for hearing our prayers and for answering them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Dee, thank you so much for joining us here today and talking about your ministry. HisWonderfulWorks.com is where you can get that information. And the Amazing Love event is on September 11th at the Ethiopian Evangelical Church of Atlanta in Stone Mountain, Georgia. And I just want to encourage people to go check out that website, get signed up if you can get there, and see your friends, see your family, see yourself find freedom that only Jesus can bring. Dee, thank you so much for being here on the Green Lines podcast. Thank you so much, John. Have a blessed day. You too. God bless. We hope that you enjoyed this special interview with Dee Barnes. Make sure that you check out her website, hiswonderfulworks.com, for more information about the Amazing Love event. And share this podcast with others who you think will be blessed by hearing this testimony. I personally want to thank Dr. Green for this opportunity to interview on his podcast. And on behalf of Dr. Green and producer Adelie, Jesus came that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Along the Way. If you've enjoyed joining me along my way, please share this with a friend who you think will be encouraged by this podcast. Also, please rate and review Along the Way on iTunes. That helps more people discover Along the Way. And please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and through my website, alongtheway.media. On my website, you can sign up to receive newsletter updates whenever I put out a new episode, so you don't miss one. If you want to help support me in this podcast, I have a Patreon page. The link to become a supporter is also in my show notes. I hope that you've enjoyed this part of my journey, and may you realize when Jesus is walking with you along your way. Along the Way is honored to be part of the Charisma Podcast Network. You can find tons of spirit-filled content from their vast catalog of podcasts, including my Monday through Friday news stories for the Charisma News Podcast. Go to cpnshows.com to see the full list and latest episodes.